but I think I finally have audio. I've been I've been talking for eight minutes. You know what's you know what finally got me to get to notice because I was so far behind you guys in the chat. Oh my goodness, guys. Today today's live stream is I've been talking for eight minutes. <laughs> talking for eight minutes without uh, without audio. I could hear myself, but you guys weren't hearing it. All right, so we gotta start over. All right. Start over. We'll we're gonna start over with the cowbell for a midlife runner because he had uh four minutes. PR or big PR four minutes over marathon, and then I'll give myself a, a cowbell too. <laughs> we'll start over from the top. Oh my goodness! Ah, wow. Yeah, Kellen said Drew Whitcomb texted me. <laughs> I saw it, but I ignored the notification. And then um, uh, Mac email texted me too, and I saw the notification that second time, and that's how I knew I had. <laughs> Zach Evley says real fans want to watch Kabuli talking styles for eight minutes. I yeah, I'm so sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Jody's like we've been all laughing in the chat. It's funny when you crack the joke. I'm <laughs> the only one laughing. <laughs> yeah, Shannon says jet lag much. Oh man, I already. I mean, I started the thing late too. Um, yeah. So I I don't know. I wonder. I wonder if the audio will will pick that up. I don't think that the audio is going to pick that up. Like the just the audio only version. So we're gonna have to start over. But I'm back, and uh, as you can tell, I'm a little bit jet lagged. But here, here's what I was saying about the jet lag. Um, the jet lag really messed me up the entire time. I didn't get very much sleep, but I was really lucky that Megan Murray had some Advil because I had mentioned at breakfast the day of the marathon that I was like, "Yeah, I've just had a headache for like four days in a row now, and I can't shake it." I normally pack Advil, but I didn't pack any this time. And she goes, "I have a bunch of extras." And so, um, yeah, so she ended up giving me four of them. I took two right away and then right after breakfast. And then we had a couple hours until the race started. And so right when I left the hotel, I took another two. So that was really, really helpful. And then just now I took some more um, Advil because uh, I still have a headache. So I've had just like a headache for seven days straight. Um, we got to give another cowbell to Dr. Dre now, Runner Dre. Um, also had a PB this weekend and also defended thesis. So double, double cowbell. Um, all right. All right. Um, I won't, I won't, I won't repeat what I already said because that'll probably get covered in the, um, in the runner's weekend video, which I started putting together. Um, and I think it's, I think it's going to be really long. That's the thing. I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to, to like include everything, but not make it like 50 minutes that's just gonna be too long you know um moonwalker says just saw your tokyo marathon video it was epic i noticed the course had so many 180 degree switchback turns there was three switchback turns that i recall but then there's a lot of places where it's just like a very hard turn um and, and it just felt very abrupt so it feels like you're turning a lot but i actually didn't mind it nearly as much as i thought i would and like in ra other races, like the Chicago Marathon has a lot of like tight turns. And that one, I just feel like I'm constantly slowing down and picking back up in Chicago. But I didn't feel that in Tokyo. Like it just didn't bother me. So, yeah. Um, Calvin says, can't believe the runner with the sandals. That is probably the most common comment that I've seen so far from the Tokyo Marathon video. Is people are amazed by the guy in the and they look kind of like Crocs. But like they were a lower profile and the way that the foam was shaped, it looked like it kind of had like almost like a waffle outsole on it, even though it was no, no outsole. 
Um, but yeah, I've I've been hearing a lot about that. That person did have a very pretty stride, though. You got, I mean, you got to have strong feet if you're going to do that. Um, yeah, Sean says it's going to be such a good runners weekend video. I hope so. I hope you guys like it. I mean, I think everyone here, this, the people that are willing to sit through eight minutes of silence, um, are going to be the ones that that really enjoy it extra long. And maybe I'll make a, like a longer cut that you guys can all watch somewhere else. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to try to like figure, I'm going to try to cut aggressively just because I want it to be really potent and packed, like jam packed. But like maybe I'll make a fuller version later. Um, yeah, Dave says just do like love a long video, maybe two parts. I don't know. I watched a lot of... Um, the racing in Georgia that Dave Pelletier put together. Um, I watched like four or five. I had downloaded four or five episodes to my phone before I went to Japan and I watched them all the way over there. And I was just like, I like the way he's doing it, but like, I think a, a marathon weekend video doesn't really lend itself to that. There's not stages like that. So I just think that it'd be better to like cut super aggressively. Um, and maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think it's going to be, I'm going to try to do one. Uh, me, Mila two twenty eight fifty eight says about the race. How were crowds? The race looked packed throughout. It was the quietest race I've ever run. So like everything in Japan, there's thirty seven million people in Japan. That's like the city population, but it's just like it's always quiet. We heard one car horn the entire time we were there, and it was shocking when we heard it. Um, like everything's quiet, everything is relaxed. There's tons of people, but no one's like, no one seems to be rushing. And um, it was really unusual. And it's not noisy there. Like people aren't yelling at each other and stuff like that. Like you would just, the normal city noise that you would expect to hear, I didn't hear that. And so that translated also to the race. So there'd be cheering from like non locals. And every once in a while, there was cheering, very polite cheering from the Japanese locals for who were cheering on just the runners generally. I mean, I could hear them cheering when they saw the person that they were there to see. But like it was really, quiet the entire time and like it's just very in, in a lot of ways it was really odd to be around thirty-seven thousand quiet people like every time i saw someone i knew which wasn't that much i kept thinking that i would see like um thomas and megan and brandon and robbie um and ashley but i didn't see any of them because there's lots of times when you're doing those out and backs there's times where like you could see like a stretch of people a mile long coming the other way and I just never, never saw them. But then I did see um, Muhammad El Arabi. And I also saw, who's an ASICS um, athlete. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know that I met him, but I first saw him run last year in Spain. And then he was, I think he was like third or fourth at the half marathon in Houston. And I think he came, I don't know if he was, I think he was top 10 um, in Tokyo. And um, I saw him. So I yelled out for Muhammad. And every time I did, I just felt like everyone like turned around to look at me because I was just so unusual. Um, and then I saw Lindsay Flanagan twice and I was just like screaming my head off whenever I saw her. I was just cheering for her and she never even flinched. I don't even know if she saw me. She was in the zone. But like, um, but like I, I was just like, 
everyone and i could hear my like my own echo just like bouncing off of the building so it was it was wild you know towards the end it got louder and there was the clapper things those balloons that they used to clap you know those things so there was noise but like for a lot of the races just felt very quiet and every time i talked to the camera lots of heads would turn and look at me because they're like who's making noise so it was it was weird it was weird but it, i mean it was amazing but yeah weird <laughs> Uh, Daniel Burton wants to know, was the course flat? Yeah, it's a pretty flat course. Um, there is a gradual downhill, like at mile two, which is really nice. Um, and then there's a couple of little blips, little bridges uh, that you go over. But um, for the most part, it's a really, really flat race. Um, to the extent that like, you kind of like don't mind the little blip of an uphill. You know, I mean, it's kind of like if you run Houston, for example, the Houston Marathon, um, there's those underpasses that you kind of like go under and those have like a little grade to them. Those are bigger than any of the hills on the Tokyo marathon course. Um, there's nothing, no hill as big as like Mount Roosevelt in Chicago marathon, but like some of the bridges that you might cross in Chicago, there's like a couple of those. There's one that you go over twice, you know, you go out and you come back. So there's a little bit of blips, but it's not, um, it's, it's pretty much as flat as you can find for 26 miles. Uh, Shannon says, I have to say, I think ever since Coach Jimmy and Flores ran with you uh, at Atlay, I feel like you've been in a good headspace at the end of the marathon. So inspiring to watch. Yeah, I think, yeah, that, that's, that's been huge for me, for sure. Because it just kind of like um, helped me kind of figure out what it takes. And then having Ben Johnson pace me and grandma's, like all those things kind of put together have helped me kind of figure out like, all the ways that like you kind of mentally sabotage yourself at the end of a marathon. I'm trying to figure out what's the best way to like talk about that in more detail. So I don't know if that means like in the race recap in a run motivation video, I'm not really sure. Um, but that's something that I've kind of like, that's the unlock. That's why we're like when once a person can like run a certain time, then they can run that time a little bit more easier in subsequent attempts, you know? Um, or like once people like, I think I've seen a lot of people that like struggle to get under three hours for the marathon, for example. And then once they do, they can dramatically drop times. It's because you just figure, if you figure out how to open that door and walk through, you know, and, and that's kind of like what they helped me do. So for sure, for sure. Um, they were a big help. Um, Tony Vu says, awesome race, Mike. When you were jet lagged in Japan, did it feel like you were sleeping on a boat in the hotel? My whole group experienced that in 2018. It was weird. Uh, I didn't really feel experience that. I definitely didn't feel like I was sleeping in a boat. The bed that I had was um, firm. And I normally like really firm beds, but I didn't like this one. I didn't like the, the bed at the hotel. And it was weird because it was like the headboard was clearly one giant headboard for like a regular size king size bed. But it was like two full size beds put together. So it was like there was a big, you know, there was a crease in the middle. You know what I mean? So like it was, it was, a, it was a strange bed, which was fine. I only needed one, the one bed. But it was it was a strange bed. Jody Beck says, "Would you recommend staying near the start line or the finish?" Um, I stayed near the start line, and um, I really enjoyed that because it is chilly in in the morning, and they do have like throwaway clothes bins and stuff like that. And a lot of people did have wear throwaway layers into the corral, but like we were basically at the starting line, and so. Um, I didn't even bring any throwaway layers or, uh, and I knew we would have, um, some, I, there was like a 
after party that ASICS was throwing right at the finish line. So I didn't even bring like a um a bag, a checked bag. So like I just kind of like walked in my race kit kind of right up to the starting line. Um so it was really it was really nice. And I the race started at nine ten, crowds closed at eight forty five. We left the hotel at eight fifteen. So it was a very leisurely morning. So I say like staying near the start line was really great. Scott Hilton wants to know when is the sandal run review? Uh, I don't, you know, someone, one person mentioned to me that they're a Thai brand. And so I'm like, oh, okay, well, I may need to figure out more. Cause I'd, I'd kind of like to get a, like a look at them closer. Cause they were really thin, but they did look like they had a decent amount of pop. So I was just like, I don't know. I, I kind of want those. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what brand that they are actually. So I can't, I can't really say. Hmm. And it says, I think Tokyo was a, a game changer for you, Mike. Well under three hours and self-paced. Great work. Yeah, I think that like it's nice to kind of like have a, I guess, quote unquote, honest one since grandma's is a little bit downhill and they did have a pacer, you know, like a personal pacer. And so, um, yeah, I just think I, I kind of have it like a little bit more mentally figured out. And I'll, I also just there's no there wasn't pressure. You know what I mean? So like the monkey's off the back. And I just think that's really nice you know so all right let me scroll down to the bottom make sure i'm keeping up with you um mark says did you see the guy with the wooden platform sandals i didn't see that now i saw that someone out of the osaka marathon i think it was just a week prior or maybe two weeks prior had run it but i didn't see anyone in tokyo running the wooden platform sandals i did see a lot of costumes though like there was a guy in like a, a foam like beer mug hat. It was like you would wear it over your head and your head there would be a column of like a beer uh a beer glass, the kind that you hold like with the mug with the handle. And uh he was running fast. He probably ran around three hour pace. And then I saw a couple like a lot of people would like it was weird because like a lot of races won't let you wear like a full head covering anymore. I think it's for security reasons. Like at Disney races, you're not allowed to wear you couldn't wear like a Darth Vader helmet that was a full helmet. You could wear the kind that covered the front of your face, but not have have to be open on the back. I don't know if that's safety or security or what, but yeah, there's a lot of people in costumes. I feel like um, a lot of people. So Jerry's son sent me a photo at the finish when I crossed the line, and um, I posted that on the Instagram story. And everyone's just like, there's a minion right behind you. <laughs> They're like, good. And Ben Johnson's like, good thing you beat the minion. I was like, <laughs> I didn't know that there was a minion there. He, he almost got me at the end, you know? He almost, he almost uh, picked me off at the, with a kick. <sighs> uh, Justin uh, Kalawan says, was the guy bouncing the pineapple at Tokyo? I saw pictures of him at Berlin and New York. I didn't see him. So um, I didn't see the pineapple. I didn't see any pictures of the pineapple guy um dave said the ladies around your pace seem to be super strong there was one woman she had like a blue shirt she's in the video a couple of times and i didn't know she was behind me for or with me for a lot of the race um but at like maybe mile like 21 or 22 she took off um and i was like man she just dropped the hammer um and I, I remember I remember saying like good job six stars to her because she had her six star thing on the back that she's going for her sixth one. And she like turned around and was like, thanks. And then like kept like blowing my doors off. I was like, man, it doesn't even look like you're trying. 
And then there was another woman who um, I was trying to stay stay with, and because um, she had Bandit Kid on, and I was like, "All right, well, I should um, maybe I'll try to film her a little bit and send it to Bandit or something like that, um, or at least say hi, you know." But then, as I tried to catch her, I started fading, and she was super strong, and I did see her on the Bandit like so, like the stories um, socials. This was her first sub three and she ran like a 254. So there was a lot of really strong runners there. Mm. Daniel Burton says, where did you place in the age group? You know, I didn't, I don't know. Um, people sent me screenshots of like the official results and things, but I'm, I'm just going to wait until I think I'm going to get, you know, they get your finisher certificate from the marathon and stuff. I'll just wait until that. Christine Zulowski, Zulkowski says, did you know the whole time that you were going to get a PB? I didn't know. Um, at the half, I was like, I was pretty sure. But the first 5K was slow. Um, the first mile was like, I felt like, I, I think I ran like an eight-minute mile the first mile, which is a minute 20 slow, slower for that mile than I should have been running. So like that, at that point, I was like, I don't know what today is going to be. And then because once I could run, then I felt like I was running marathon pace, but you know, like think about like any time that you're trying not to start the race too fast, but you just do because you're excited. I was like, who knows what's going to happen today? So I wasn't sure. And then, uh, so I, I felt like I had it by like, by like the 30 K I was like, all right, like, I just got to make sure I continue pushing and I'll have a good day. wasn't guaranteed, but I felt pretty good about it. And so I felt confident that I could like, keep pushing you know what i mean so it it took a while like between the half marathon mark and and 30k i started to feel like it was going to be a good day i wanted to get, get to 255 and i was on pace i think i was really still close up to the 35k mark but then those last kind of 7k were were tough were tough sean chandler says what was your average heart rate uh someone asked this earlier and so i checked on garmin so according to Garmin, I think it was a 162. So I think part of that is like the first mile, I'm at like 140 heart rate because I'm running an eight-minute mile at, at like 42 degrees Fahrenheit. So I was like chilling, you know. So um, Governing with Oliver says, who made your Tokyo singlet? It was an ASIC singlet that Greg Itahara, um designed. And I'll talk about it more in the... Um, runner's weekend video because there's like an explanation to all the modifications that he did to the regular Kabuzi run club logo uh it's pretty cool and so uh so he did that asics that i hired greg to make one for kind of everyone on our team and so like the believe in the run group all had the same basic design but each of theirs was slightly customized to them so they were like a team uniform <coughs> and then ashley um had a special singlet um, this other guy, Tanner, um, who w showed up in the way end of my video. Um, he's got the brown mustache. Uh, he had his own special singlet. Mac from ASICS had a special singlet. And then also this other guy, Mike, who was with us, had a special t-shirt made up for himself. So yeah, that was good. <coughs> Sorry, I just ate it cookie and it's like scratching my throat um all right 
Uh, Calvin says, did you have an issue with the watch in the top buildings? Do you have dual band GPS on? Yes, I did have some issues. I think it wasn't, it wasn't always the tall buildings. I think it was because there's a lot of underpasses or times where there was like a road that was like a bridge that you ran under. And so it kind of, I think it threw it off for some of those because some of them were a little bit longer. And that was really only the only main time that I had a problem. For the most part, I felt like, you know, I, I guess I need to go back and look at the distances. It was fine. But um, Brandon, I think, had recorded 29 miles or something like that. And I don't know if it was either Mac or Thomas. Someone else had like 28 miles. So some of theirs were, some of them were real off. Um, but yeah, mine was, I forget what the total distance mine was. But um, when I finished the race, I thought I had something like, I thought it was maybe 257, 258, um, low 258, but probably like 257 about where I was finishing. Wasn't exactly sure. And then I looked at the watch and it, it was a Garmin that I was wearing. So Garmin gave me like the congratulations for my fastest marathon. And it said 253. And I was like, blink, blink, what? Um, and then I like kept hitting the button a little bit more. And then I saw my actual like total time and it was 256.48, which is only a second off of my chip time, which is 256.47. So, yeah. So, I mean, overall, I mean, the time was fine. I was able to get my mile splits or like my 5K splits. That's the only thing I really needed. So I guess I, I probably could have just run this one with a Casio. But there was a lot of times where I was looking at the watch to like see pacing. And a lot of times when I did look down, um, it would typically show me like, okay, confirmation that what feels like marathon effort is fine. But once things got hard, I stopped looking at the watch. And I just kept, I was just running whatever felt like marathon pace or marathon effort. And I was like, whatever it is, whatever it is, I can try. I mean, if I don't like the time that I'm seeing, I can try to run a little bit faster, but it just means that it's not going to end well, you know? So I was like, I know that this is what I can hold for the next, you know, seven K that are left. So I was like, that's, that's going to have to be it. Whatever it is, whatever it is. I didn't need the, the pace. So I didn't really look at a lot of the pace I did in the beginning, probably the first half when I was trying to play catch up. But after that, I don't think I looked at it very much. Dave says, with that time, I imagine you get good for age qualifying time for London and Berlin. No, it's not. Because London, good for age, only exists for, uh, I think, UK residents. Or I don't know if it's British residents. Uh, I think it's just the, just the island. That's not what you guys call it. But like England, England. Um, so that's not available to international runners. And then Germany's, they don't have a good for age, but they have a speedy runners program. So for ages zero to 44, you have to run a 248 or something like that to qualify, to get automatic entry. But once I turn 45, from 45 to 59, the speedy age time is like 255. So I've got like a two years to shave my time down to 255, which I, well, hopefully I'll be able to do that. <laughs> so there it is. Um... Guy behind the guy says, you mentioned that GPS was having problems due to, talk to the buildings. Any reason you weren't using something like Stride Power? I just haven't been using the Stride Foot Pod that much lately um, because living in Crystal Lake, there's no tall buildings and watches are pretty are accurate enough for me. So I just kind of gotten out of practice for it. Um, that's the only reason. And I, I also just didn't, I knew that I wouldn't care 
that much, even if it was a little bit off. Um, I like the Garmin enough, I, but I was frankly just a little bit surprised because, you know, people all talk about how wildly off the GPS is in Chicago. People don't really talk about that at other races. So I was, or like the other majors. So I just didn't think it'd be, I, it didn't ring in my mind as it would be a problem, you know? So, hmm. Eric Trapp says, would love to have Greg on as a guest for an official video or live stream interview so everyone can get to know him. Maybe I can talk through each of your collabs and discuss the design inspiration. That's a good idea. I should have him on for a happy hour sometime. Um, we've He's been on before. Back when the live stream was just Instagram lives during the pandemic, during lockdown, he was on a long time ago. Um, but that, was, you know, that was three years ago by now. Um... Jody Beck says, did you talk with Julian Spence, the Aussie, a.k.a. Moose? I don't know. I don't think I did. I'm not sure. Um, Stevie76 said, it's Godzilla. affects <laughs> the GPS. Well, he is like nuclear, right? So I think he gives off a nuclear frequency. Like a, he radiates, doesn't he? Um. Zach Apley says, so many ASIC shoes out there. There were a lot of ASIC. I don't, I've never seen so many Metaspeeds in a marathon before. There was a lot. I saw a lot of Alpha Fly, not as many Vaporfly as I normally do, I think. I think I was kind of underwhelmed by the number of Vaporfly that were there. It was mostly Alpha Fly. And then I saw a lot of Metaspeed Sky Plus. And then um, very few Adios Pros. I was I was shocked how few I saw. And I saw like I don't think I saw a single endorphin pro. That was also quite shocking. It was a very narrow range of shoes. And then further back in the further back corrals, um, people were telling me that somewhere like the middle corrals, there was actually very few carbon plated shoes. A lot of people were wearing like daily trainers, they were wearing like the Nimbus 25, because there was a Tokyo edition of that or I think there's a Tokyo edition magic speed. So people were wearing like those um, and they weren't wearing carbon plated shoes in some of the middle um, corrals. So that was, that was a little bit of a surprise, but not that much of a surprise. Cause I just think the running culture is a little bit different in Japan. Um, Shannon says, where does Tokyo rank as favorite marathon experiences? If you disregard how well you did at each one, I think it's kind of hard to tease out the one from the other. Um, but Tokyo was pretty incredible because it's just, you're, you're, it's, it's like, it's not even real because like you're running by all these buildings and, um, you can't, I don't understand what any of them say. I don't understand any of the signs, you know, it's just the, even the road markings are all very different, um, from what you're used to seeing. So everything, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a dream in a lot of ways. Cause it's just like, everything's familiar, but not, you know? So it's just the, the on-course drink is Pokari Sweat, Pokari Sweat. Um, and that's just kind of like a very different thing. And um, yeah, yeah. And like, I, I don't remember seeing a lot of other, pe I, I ate six gels, but I don't remember a lot of other people seeing a lot of other people eat gel. Like, I don't know when they ate them. I didn't see them do it, you know, but I did, I always do anyway, but I, you know, did, tuck in all like my um, gel packets the used ones back in my pants because no one just tosses them on the ground so it was just like a very different thing and oh the other really big thing was um, at the race 
no one hands you the cup. They just leave it on the table. So you got to grab it like off the kind of like how elites do, but you have to grab it off. And I actually really liked it because um, the, the cups that they have were really tall. The only thing that was bigger in Japan was the, the race cups. Everything else in Japan is tiny. Like coffee cups are tiny. Portion sizes are tiny. Food is tiny. Rooms are tiny. Everything's small. But the cups at the race were big. And so you could pick them up off the table really easily. And then it was easy to kind of curl them and just, and just drink easy as well. It didn't like splash in your face. It was really nice. Actually kind of, yeah, I think I prefer it. Dr. Josh is here. He says, what up, co-fam? Good to see you, Josh. Um, yeah, Mark says, wow, I've never tossed my gel wrap on the ground. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I've never I've never done that before either. I've never just thrown it on the ground. I've tried, you know, I definitely have tried. I may have, I may have missed, like, trying to throw it in a garbage can. But I don't usually eat my gels. Um at the water station i just eat them at like whenever i remember to every four miles ish or sh or so um and so like i've i've done that but i always put them back in my pocket but like if you look down at any race like at the, the ground of the new york city marathon there's just gel wrappers like throughout the entire course you know so i just think it's just a little different mm-hmm Tony Boo says that was actually Pakari sweat. I thought it was just water in a Pakari sweat cup. I think the water cups were just in like white cups, but if it was a blue cup, I think it was Pakari sweat. Pakari sweat kind of tastes like a little bit. I think the flavors are white grape and a touch of uh, grapefruit. That's those are the flavors that I taste in it. It's very subtle, but I actually really enjoyed it on the course. I always, I had a bottle like a big water bottle of it. The day before. Um, and then I was like, this is kind of a weird flavor. It's fruit-ish, but I don't know that I like it. But when I was running, I just thought it was fantastic. I really liked it. Matt Turner says, your progress is inspiring, Mike. Can you help discern the difference between the way glycogen depletion and muscle fatigue feel? I'm struggling to determine which is my late race issue. Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I mean, does it make a difference? Like, there's nothing you could... The only way to, to fix either of those, really, is to, like... I mean, it's not like you could just drink, eat more gels early on, or once you feel it, you can't like, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why you would need to know the difference. I'm sure there's a good reason that you have, but like, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking back on it now and I'm thinking specifically like the 2019 Chicago marathon where I definitely hit the wall hard and I had muscle fatigue and glycogen depletion. I'm pretty hard at it, like mile 19. So it was a long day um, after that had happened. And some of the feelings that I remember feeling are like um, feeling like that there's little bits of glass in your muscles. So like every time you move it, everything just feels like you're getting little tiny cuts and stuff. Um, feeling exhausted, even though your heart rate seems low and you're breathing normally. That's all like both muscle fatigue and glycogen depletion, I think. Um, 
and then not being able to like lift your knees up very high or um, claw back or like kick your butt, you know, move your heel to your butt very well. So moving the leg in front of you or moving like behind you, neither of those work really well. The solution to that is not nutrition oriented. I think the solution to that is pacing better, you know, that, that's kind of my take. I don't know. Um, Mark Shankogo says, any super blasts at the race? I don't think I'd go the distance to them. I saw a lot of super blasts in the race, but I also think maybe that's because I think Ashley Mateo were super blasts. Mac were super blasts. Um, Thomas, Megan, and Brandon. I think they all ran. I think they all ran in super blasts. So I think I think that might be why I think there were so many. But I do think that there were a lot. There was a new color that I think was released. Um, like the day I got to like March first, the day I got in Japan. The price also went down. It's two hundred dollars now too. That also went into effect as of the day I landed in Japan. So I don't know if they sold like a bunch at the expo or what. Um. New Betcher says, were there a lot of Mizunos? There was some. I didn't see a lot of them. I was surprised that I didn't see more. I did not see any of the Wave Rebellion Pro, and I expected to see a lot of those there. Um, in the Hayumi colorway. I think that's what it is, Hayumi colorway. Um, so, like, I, I I, was surprised that I didn't see more. Um, but you know what I did see? I uh, We were doing some shopping on the day after the marathon. I don't think any of us really bought much. I mean, we, we all bought souvenirs for our kids but like personal shopping and we were at this store and I saw a, um, a casual wear Mizuno shoe that just looked absolutely amazing. And I'm holding this and I'm looking at it and I'm like, how can they do this? And then all their regular running shoes look the way that they do. I'm like, what, what's going, what's being lost in the translation here? I'm like Mizuno can make a great looking shoe. I looked at it. I'm like, I can't believe this Mizuno. This looks so good. Like, I love the way this looks. No, it's just kind of like a run-inspired, just casual shoe. I'm like, can they, why can't they just make a running shoe that looks like this? It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Now, I thought, I think I passed it. Um, but someone had a question about the S4. Um, if someone had a question about the S4, can you retype it? Mm-hmm. Because I have a little bit of information. I don't have. I, I have. I'll, I have some information that I can't share, but I have some information that I think I can. So I, I'll try to answer it for you. Um, Sean Chandler says, "How does Nick Bear run so fast despite his size?" I don't know. He's amazing. He's he's a strong guy. Um. <laughs> TV76 says, I find myself always buying souvenirs for my kids at the airport when I'm leaving. Let me tell you where the two best places to buy souvenirs were. <clears throat> There's a convenience store in our hotel and the airport. Now, those would normally be the two last places that I would look to get souvenirs. But we bought all our like favorite souvenirs. But we also did some shop. Like we went, I went to the Nintendo store. Uh, we all went to the Nintendo store um, in Shibuya. That was amazing. They played like um, Legend of Zelda like um music in the background and uh that was pretty amazing so that was that was fun to go i got some stuff there mm. oh 
Jason Beckman says, did you get to see the new A6S4 shoe? I didn't try it. Thomas tried it on. I didn't try it on, but I did get to hold one. I took a look at it. And I think that it's not all, it says FF Turbo on the side. It's not, it's two, well, it is. There's FF Turbo in there, but I think that the other foam is like flight foam uh, underneath. So it's going to be a lot. So it's going to be, I feel like it's going to feel like kind of like a mix between the Magic Speed 2 and a Metaspeed Sky. I'm, I'm guessing it probably just, I, I'm guessing it's going to probably feel a lot like the Metaspeed Edge Plus is my guess. Um, I was surprised. I was like, wait, this other, there's another foam in here. This is, this is not all FF turbo. So I think, I think that's like, that's like the main takeaway that I have from it. Um, I don't think, I don't think there's any plans to, to, to sell that shoe in the U S and, um, and yeah. So I think, I think that's about it that I can say, but it looked, they looked amazing. And then there was, um, a new colorway of the, Metaspeed Sky Plus that matches the coloring of the S4. I really like that one. I would have much rather run in that one than the green and blue, but the green and blue worked for me pretty well. Calvin Hong said a success four is like an upgraded Magic Speed. I think, I think that it's like in between the Magic Speed and the Metaspeed Edge. That's kind of where I think it is. Um, T Town Fan says, Kofuzi, did you consider running Tokyo Marathon on any other shoe? No. Metaspeed Sky Plus was it. I was hoping that there would be like, so where is it? This shoe is the first Metaspeed Sky. And it has like, it's a Tokyo edition colorway. And I was hoping that maybe there would be a Tokyo version that came out for the Metaspeed Sky Plus. There wasn't. So, um, so I ran in the blue one, the blue and green one. Uh, Riggs Rico says, Congratulations, Co on the PR. I watched an old video of yours where you documented everything you ate in a week. I was wondering if you still eat that way, and if not, what has changed? Uh, I think I pretty much still eat that way. That's a, that video was from a while ago, but since I don't like uh work outside the home anymore, um, I think I probably am cooking a lot more food. So, but we also now live in the suburbs, so. A lot of times my cooking is like freezer to oven kind of food. So, yeah. Um, so pro pro overall, probably pretty similar. I do. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I probably need to make a couple of tweaks, but just to, I'm not, not necessarily for speed, just to feel better, you know? Um, yeah. Um, Jody Beck says, how, how did Tommy Thomas do with his Japanese? He, he, he did really well. He, he did. Um, he was using it a lot and, um, he really enjoyed using it a lot. He mentioned several times that he thinks that now, anytime he travels to, if he ever travels to another country for a race, he's going to learn the language first before he goes. Um, he, he's, he, I think he was really happy that he had spent the time to do that. And I wish I had spent a little bit more time. Um, the only phrases that I learned going over there was sumimasen, like, excuse me, and itadakimasu, like, would you say that, like, when someone gives you food, like, I'll, I'll eat this kind of thing. Um, like, in Korean, it's that, like, I'll eat this well. Um, so, yeah, I, that's, like, another phrase that I learned. That, that was pretty much, and arigatou gozaimasu, like, that was it. That's all I learned. I didn't learn the word for bathroom. I should have. 
<laughs> so I wish I had spent more time. And I, I had a conversation with Megan Murray at the airport as we were leaving. And I was like, you know, it took me a week, but I finally feel like the language isn't just like flying by me anymore. It feels like it has slowed down so I can, I can hear it now. I still don't understand it, but I can at least hear, hear the words, you know, whereas before it was just kind of like a, just a, a wave of sound and now it's slowing down a little bit. So it's pretty cool. Rajkumar Roshinji says, can you talk about the food before the race? Like one to two days. Did you have any issues? Thanks. I didn't have any issues with the food. Um, I was concerned that I wasn't eating enough though. That was like my biggest problem is because like portion sizes there are like kind of like two thirds of what they would be in the U S and like those, those two days before a marathon, you kind of want to just be eating all the time. And so it's easy to eat all the time there, but like even like a bowl of ramen noodles seems like a lot of food. It seems like a giant bowl, but there's really not that much noodles there. And it's a lot of broth, which is good, but you know, a lot, you know, basically water, you know? And so like, I felt like I was full all the time, but I was concerned that I wasn't eating enough, but like I made sure to eat a lot of rice. I was using a lot of rice for carb loading. Um, and so that was good. Uh, and then we had pizza the night before. So we went to a, a restaurant that specialized in pizza and the Beatles. So like inside the entire place was decorated in all Beatles paraphernalia and Beatles music played the, that's the only thing that they played the entire time in the restaurant. But the pizza was good. There was it was a very salty crust, and I was like, "Ooh, I like this." It's like electrolyte loading and carb loading all in one. I think I'm gonna have to do this again in the future. But the, for that dinner, I did order two dinners. They also have like a, they had a couple of pastas and a couple of pizzas as options on the menu, and so I ordered a pizza and a pasta for dinner, and that was like the right amount of food. So like. By the time at the end of the trip, I kind of figured out portion sizes in Japan. And so whenever you get ramen noodles, you can get, um, you can order either there's small, medium or large sizes that you can get, or you can add, you, call, you hit the different button on the, it's an add on. You hit the button on the vending machine uh, or the ordering machine for extra noodles. So I would just start, I started doing that and then I was like, okay, now I'm finally eating enough. So, yeah. <laughs> C-Town fan says, freezer oven food. I can relate. Yeah, there's a lot of that here. Um, Zach wants to know, are those R Smith running glasses? Do you recommend them? These are Rokas. I do like them. I ran in them for the shakeout run while we were out there because I just forgot to put my contacts on. Because with the jet lag, I just kind of forgot to do things all the time. Um, yeah. Uh, Lowell Staley says, hey, Co. You were wearing a pair of tight capris. What brand and type are those? Uh, you mean like the half tights for the race? They were John G half tights. Um, they're version one. Version two and three, I think they're on now, uh, are slightly different. The version ones I like because they're very long and they have many pockets. Each side pocket kind of is split up into two sides. There's really like four pockets on it and there's a back pocket too. So... There was plenty of pockets, especially since you weren't, you know, I knew I wasn't going to be throwing away any gel wrappers. Um, Calvin says, what's your next focus in terms of improvement? More volume, diet, more specialized workouts. Um, next area is um, strength training. It's always strength. <laughs> it's always strength training, um, but that's definitely going to be it. So um, I work on stronger muscles. That's the main focus. Cause like, 
and still keeping all the other things, not changing those other things, but the new stimulus for, you know, now to Boston isn't really enough time to do a full build and I'm not going to be race racing Boston, but um, probably making sure I'm working on strength. Eliza says, was there corn on the pizza? No, there wasn't corn on the pizza. Uh, it was just a regular pizza place. I'm sure if we went to like a more Japanese pizza place, I probably would. I'm sure we would have seen it. Um, but yeah, no, I, it was just, a, it was like, it was a regular margarita pizza. It was good. The dough, the dough was a little bit soggy though. I don't know if their stone was hot enough or whatever. Frank says they don't have Chipotle in Japan. I don't think I saw a Chipotle. I saw a couple of McDonald's and I tried to get Thomas to go eat it, but he, he never went. I think he wanted to, but he didn't. Um, and Jody says everywhere the portion sizes are smaller. The U S is next level. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. <laughs> um, Jason Beckman says, what about the A6 Evo Ride Speed? Did you try it or even see it? They had it available to try on at the expo. I think they were selling them too at the expo. Um, so they had a bunch of them there. At the expo, they had like this, it was like a 50 millimeter, 50 millimeter, 50 meter kind of like two lanes that you could run down and back. Um, maybe it was 50 meters. Yeah, I think it was probably about 50 meters. So you could try on a pair of shoes, run them back and forth. And, and, and buy I think Thomas... We, I went to the expo a different day as the Believe in the Run group because they got in the, the, the day after me. And so um, I was at the expo when they were landing in Tokyo. And um, Thomas did put on the S4. I think he ran in it back and forth. I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, and the, uh, I'll have to end on this one because I do have a call coming up at 2 o'clock today. So I got to get going. Um, Kevin Chan says, Hey, Kofuzi, new fan after seeing you in Chicago 2022, and congrats on the PR. Been interested in making running montages. What advice would you give for recording at events in general for newbies? Um, my advice for recording at events and in general for newbies is to make your, your clips are too long, so shorter clips. You need more of them, twice as many as you think, and um, make sure you're getting different angles. So those are three things that like I see in a lot of like videos that people make um, that like each scene will be too long. It needs to be cut shorter or each like clip will be too long. It needs to be cut sooner. And they're usually longer because they want to match the music and they need to fill the space. And so and they don't have enough clips to do that. So the clips are longer than they need to be. So more clips than you need to more angles than you think and um, everything short. So that's it. All right, that's going to be, be it for today because I got to get going. Tomorrow for happy hour, we're going to have a friend. 40 is going to be on. I got a lot to say to him because someone from the 40 Runs crew came uh, to the shakeout run and we were talking. I'm like, this is another race where I'm talking to 40 on a camera and not in person. I don't know why he's not here, but um, I'll get him on. I'll get him and he'll have to answer for himself tomorrow. So um, everyone stop by for that. It should be a lot of fun. And we can talk more about Tokyo and stuff too there. Um, there won't be another video tomorrow. Next video will probably be Friday, maybe Saturday for the runner's weekend video. Um, so I'll have to see you tomorrow for the live stream. Uh, and until then, be safe out there, everybody. Thanks.